I'm Gabby Lamb. And I'm Harper Rose Drummond. And you're listening to Tea Time, where we talk about the nastiest, dirtiest, naughtiest, wildest secrets. Enjoy. Hey guys. Subscribe to our Patreon. We have a Patreon. It's like $5 a month where you just get extra yummy talky stories and it's a little bit more loose because it's you know. very loose it's really fun we do uh, we play truth or dare on it we do prank calls we do do prank phone calls we read extra fun. stories and uh, it's worth it it's it's honestly it's five bucks a month and if you can't afford that well then then get your excess credit card and go off <laughs> it's yeah it's a dollar 25 an episode we put out an extra episode every week and um and it's it's cute it's fun it's funny we uh i interact with you guys on the patreon messenger you guys can send in your stories we look for stories we look for truth or dare we look for fuck mary kills we've got Love a that. lot of fun yeah. stuff to, that we're going to go into this week and those episodes are out every wednesday and we we give unfiltered gossip on Patreon. We sure do. We yeah. sure do. Give we put our whole pussies and pussies under the Patreon. Yeah, sweetie. we do. So five bucks a month. Easy. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome back. I am Harper Honk Rose. And I am uh, Gabby Honkadoodle-Dee. I am Lamb. honky. I am honky tit Drummond. <laughs> and I am Gabby Honkadoodle-Dee. And you Lamb. are listening and watching to our podcast, Tea Time. Tea Time. <laughs> Spill the tea. I'm Don't Gabby. Don't get me fucking started. People, can I look to the other camera now? Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, Gabby ha- hates looking um, directly on at y'all. She really loves just looking on her own. I'm always so confused. And I hate because people sometimes will be like, what do you want me to bring you up on stage with? Like, what are your credits? And I'll say tea time. And they'll be like, okay, spill the tea. And I'm like, that's not the name. Oh, my God. When I tell people that, they'll just be like, ah, uh, there's a podcast and there's some tea there. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, you could have just said tell, anything. Okay. Am I looking at you with loving eyes, though? Yeah, now you are. Loving? Very loving. Well, yeah, loving. Okay, I need to be extra loving to my honk today. I upset my honk, and we won't get into it, but I'm just going to say <laughs> I upset my honk yesterday, and I just want to make sure that I'm looking at you with loving eyes. Honk, you're looking at me with very loving eyes. Always, and you're not crazy. I always love my honk, and you don't ever have to question that. You guys, here's the thing: it's no, it's no surprise that Gabby and I, you know, in addition to being honks, we are roommates. We are joined at the soulmates, hip. if you will. Yeah, we are. Soul- Gabby and I are soulmates. I think that's fair to say. So I think honk felt really sad because she thought that I didn't love her, and I really do so much. But here's I, what I don't love, huh? Your fucking sweater being still... Is it still inside yeah. out? Yeah. Well, it's not inside out. It's uh, Your tag My is up here. My tag's out? Ew, silly honk. <laughs> Are you wearing it backwards on purpose? Yeah. No. no. I, she, didn't I just Because I got her it's all flustered. It's hard to tell. Yeah, I was so flustered. Okay, so Hunky and I got into it. We won't get into it, but just we will like dip our toes into it. Hunky and I got into like a little <laughs> argument last night. Just like, just a couple of honks, having a, a cute little quarrel. Um it was just a lot of me crying and a lot of Gabby looking at me blankly. I was really tired. Gabby was in a different zone. I was in a different zone. And I made a, a story in my head. I was like, well, Honk doesn't love me. And I'm a fool for thinking Honk loved me. And Which then, is just the wildest thing I've ever heard. And that was my, uh, my you know, trauma being triggered. Yeah. And then this morning, Honk said, you know, I love my Honk. And I said, mm. I said, Honk, can we talk this through? Because we can't start this day having 
And then I'm crying on the couch, like blotting my makeup. And I'm like, no, let's go do the podcast. I'm good. But guess what? But now, my honk wasn't good. And I knew that. And I didn't want to keep crying because I didn't want you to get angry again. But I was like, but I have to talk to my honk. No, honk. And you know, I'm working on my anger. And so this time around, instead of getting angry, I just got really sad. And I was like, well, I guess the new me just cries even more than the old me. But you want to know what? Yeah. The thing about us, honk, is that we're always going to make up. The thing about us is that, hey, and let this be a lesson to anybody in the world. When you really love people, you always find a way to make it work, even in your darkest of conversations. And also, even if you're hurt, you still need to look at what you do. If you're like the hurt person in an argument, I always think it takes two to tango. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm proud of myself for making certain strides, but I also think that I could have still, I need to still work on my patience because I do go zero to 60. And even though I didn't go, you know, or zero to one hundred, whatever the phrase is. Mm. <laughs> zero to it's, sixty in four point eight it, seconds. It's, it's definitely it's zero, the phrase, to 100, zero to sixty. It's, no, it's zero to one hundred. I don't know why I said sixty. Well, it, when in Honk, a car, so that's the highest it goes. Yeah, yeah that's the. That's how you know how good a car is is how fast they go from zero. I don't to drive. 60. I don't ever so want to talk about cars know. ever again. Cars is the most boring. <laughs> 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 <It's> just, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Honk's I gotta, literally throwing sorry, up. The more vulnerable we get. Stuck in my throat. We're already talking about cars. So boring. Okay, moving on. Anyway. Okay, so I go zero to 20 and it's honestly crazy. Um, (laughs) Hong goes zero to one in one second. Lesson learned. There are are two things I think in the world that you navigate from. And when it boils down to everything, it's love and fear. When you're living out of fear is when you are angry and resentful and and hurt. But really, it just comes down to fear. Fear of rejection. Fear of not being loved. Fear of not being heard. Right? Yeah. And And as someone who is a hothead... I feel like 10 times out of 10, I'm being a hothead because it's, yeah, it's because of fear. You said that exactly in the car, though. You're like, really what it came down to, I was angry, but I was actually just sad. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I was totally sad because, because yeah, uh, you know, I had just gotten back from a trip yesterday and I walk in and then, you know, honk is in like a different zone, but usually we're like very, we have big energy when we see each other. And then that didn't happen. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was already feeling weird. And then we got into it. But you know what? Honk, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day. Fucking love my honk. At the end of the day, <laughs> I love my honk, and I can't ever, ever change that, and I will never not. <laughs> Put a gun to my head. I'm not going to fucking change it. Yeah, but when you're up in your room, sad, thinking <laughs> I don't love you, you need to remember at the core of your very fucking being, of every fiber of your body, that I would literally take a fucking train up my ass for you. <laughs> If there was a train coming, swear to God, if there was a train coming and it was like, this is going to hit one like one of you shoes, I'd say, I'll fucking take the train for my honk. And I would. So if you ever think that I don't, think about that. You know what? I'm going to need Lee to cut the, that clip up and then just send it to me and I'm just going to replay it every day. Yeah, you should. Because here's the thing. It gets real dark real quickly up here. It's lights out. Yeah. <laughs> Zero to 20 up hey, here. Hey, hey, <laughs> lights hey, put me on that train track with my honk. <laughs> okay, honk. You can hog tie me. Honk. Apple in your mouth. Apple in my mouth. That train is coming at me 600 miles an hour. Yeah. I say. Fast train. Yeah, fast train. Way faster than I can go. Yeah, way faster. I only get up to way, about 20 to 60, but. There it is. Yeah. And they say, you got to choose real quick. I say, fuck, you know, take me out. Let my honk live. And that's because my honk has a big fucking heart. And I want, well, yesterday you couldn't tell that, but Here's I do. Here's the thing. I kind of thought you were like the Grinch yesterday. And I said, what, who the fuck is this devil in my house? Yeah. 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 And honk said, I'm fucking moving out. Yeah, uh-huh. I told honk this morning. I was like, you know what? I, I think I just need to move. 
This just isn't cute. She went, but you want to know, she went yeah. all the way there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Here's the thing, Lee. I told you. <laughs> Dark. Zero to like 35. Yeah. <laughs> See, you yeah. know, I fucking just put it on and cruise I, control in a ne- residential neighborhood. Yeah. And I fucking just <laughs> cruise that's, with that's my darkness. On, that's on Tracy Chapman. Fast yeah. car. Yeah, she <laughs> went all the way. I'm going to find this car. She went all the way. And I said, I, I, uh, I said, mm, I'm going to just figure this out in the morning. I and said, I love oh, mom. you don't love me? Well, guess what, honey? It's going to be Casper the Friendly Ghost up in this bitch because I'm fucking out. <laughs> I said the serenity prayer before I went to bed and I was like, you know what? Okay, that's so funny because I was saying it this morning. I was waking up and like trying to like work my program mm-hmm. being like, okay, okay, don't try and control things. Okay, stop playing the victim. Calm down. And then I walked downstairs. Gabby goes, hey, are you okay? Just start crying. Yep, I'm all good. <laughs> Welcome to tea time. She I'm saying, she satisfied. Saying, I'm all good. And then she was crying and I'm like, but then I was like, well, I can't keep telling her to not... You know, I, I couldn't say honk, but you're not okay because you're Well, crying. you weren't even calling me honk, and then that was making me even more sad. Oh, no, I love I that called, we said, we're not going to get no, into it. We're just I gonna- called you honk. I said, hey, honk. And you said, hi. And I was like, no. Oh, that actually is true. Okay. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. So here's the thing, Lee. You are now synced up with Gabby and I, so I hope you enjoy the ride. The wild ride, brother. And welcome back to another episode. I cut my hair this week, cut it all off. Lee, I can tell you don't like it because you didn't compliment it. Well, Lee. Wow, you're always trying to keep us down. Yeah, he is. Because he's Lee didn't even want us to make up, I could tell. Because he's doing that thing where he's like, sorry, I only like women with long hair. Yeah, because you want to fuck a horse or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Got him. You got me. Yeah. You would rather top a steed than look at a woman with short hair. Also, just (laughs) you fucking would rather mount a fucking galloping beauty than fucking no i do like it you've been wanting to you've been wanting to you wanted to in the first place i I didn't i didn't request the the bangs this short the the bangs are pretty short but here's the thing your hair grows fast as hell you look really fucking cool you look edgy it's edgy is it's kind of like a little bowl cut, but it'll grow. No, no, it looks really fucking cool. It's, it's giving, it's giving like Joan Jett vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You look fucking badass. And Lee, if you can't see that, I'll fucking gouge out my eyes. Yeah. Ca- carve yours out. I probably should carve out yours first before I cut out mine. Yeah. And then I'll swap our eyes just so you can have the pledge of seeing how good it looks through a good pair of fucking eyes that i love that yeah yeah, you're fucking welcome also speaking of that that triggered um a story that i read in a magazine a couple of years ago about a woman oh. who was on it was i think she was on meth all right now lee's crying we're yeah. a fucking mess today <laughs> welcome to tea time i'm, I'm lee mason hold the laughing because you kept going but it's so funny what about the gouging the eyes yeah. out yeah yeah well i will fucking gouge your fucking oh, eyes yeah, out she will yeah so you can see through a face <laughs> sorry Okay. Yeah, yeah, you should be sorry. And this is a proper reaction. <laughs> and today's episode, it's about addiction, but it's more about personal growth. But it's about so, personal growth. And, and Lee's saying of, sorry. I, I want everyone in their in their lives to say sorry. Yeah. Lee's addicted to, I don't know, porn. You're addicted to, <laughs> to crying. crying. And I'm addicted to, well, a lot of things. Um, <laughs> but speaking of addiction, this story was about a woman who was, uh, I think she was on meth. It was either meth or crack or some shit. Mm-hmm. But her whole story was about how she had gotten so deep into her addiction that she thought the the Lord was telling her that she needed to sacrifice her eyes. So oh, she mm, 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 gouged out her eyes with her fingers, gouged out her eyeballs with her fingers. The story was in People magazine. And now she's blind and uh, doesn't have any eyes because she gouged them out on meth. And then she got sober. Ew. Ew. Lee, don't worry. I would wash my hands before I did it to you. Ew. 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 
Thanks. You're welcome. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. It was in Pe- yeah, People Magazine is a fucking acid trip because they're like, the hottest shoes to wear to the mall. Oh, that's so funny. Celebrities, what did they say when they were drunk at the Oscars? And then it's like, yeah, I took a knife to my husband's eyes yeah. and I fucking ate them for dinner. And it's, it's like, oh, yeah. it's this magazine. And a crossword. They have it all. It's like, here are the best tips for sex. And then the next page is, I gouged out my eyes on bath salts next to a train stop. <laughs> Why emerald dresses are for poor people. You're like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, quite a quite a spread. Have you ever been that like crazy strung out where like- you, you, no. no. To gouge my eyes out? No. I, mean, I wasn't an addict. I wasn't like in it like that. Oh, okay. No. Were you, have you? Yeah. I used to think that I needed to be sacrificed for the greater good of humanity. Like that I didn't want to do it myself, but right. that people were hunting me to What? Yeah. Really? Think, hunting? Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought that the, there was there was a worldwide conspiracy to sacrifice me for the greater good of humanity. Why is everybody that is like either like strung out or like bipolar, schizophrenic, mm-hmm. or like having some kind of like yeah, schizophrenic, uh, or or yeah, or like bipolar two or whatever it is, like Sorry, manic mania. Yeah, you go into like manic, manic, but it's all this manic episodes where it's all the same kind of thought. Where like everything's a conspiracy theory. There needs to be sacrifices. Are you People guys are onto something? You. Yes. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it a lot to do? Also, like, I are feel we like- onto something? Are we onto something? I, I, honestly, I'm not convinced. I wasn't. You know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You hear the same thing when everybody goes into mania. It's always usually the same thing of like, there's some, everybody's after you. There's a conspiracy. And they like question the government as well. It's always the government. Yes. Yesterday I was at the Goodwill and I was like donating clothes. And as I'm taking shit out of my trunk, this uh, homeless woman who's definitely on crack or meth, one of the two, she, I hear her yell at me. She's like, Hey angel. And I was like, don't look at her. And then she like walks closer to me and she's like, you getting rid of those clothes? And I was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, I am. And she's like, can I have them? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So I give her like a bag full of clothes and I'm pulling shit out of my trunk and I'm giving it to her. And I'm like, where, you know, like, where are you from? Trying to like see if there's, you know, like Mm -hmm. what's going on in there. And she's like, I'm from, I'm from the kingdom. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she's like, she goes, She's kind of like on a rambling tangent. She's like, yeah, I, I uh, broke up with my boyfriend, Lava, the other day because, uh, yeah, he had a one-night stand on me and I'm pregnant. And I was like, you're pregnant? And she's like, yep, with twins. But I have to go pick up the twins from the nanny. And I was like, oh. She's like, yeah, they're over there right now. And I was like, how old are you? And she goes, I'm 41. And she goes, I'm going over to, you going over to JoJo's? He's got, he's got the pipe. He's got the pipe. And I was like, huh. And she just kind of was going on and on about the kingdom. and. I love how she immediately brought you into her world. Like there was mm-hmm. no question of no. like, oh no, she knows exactly what I'm talking about. She, of course, oh, she, she kept talking. You have to be at a fucking me. fool to not know about the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, the mm-hmm. kingdom. And I wish that I'd had my phone on me because I would have recorded it, not to like put this woman on blast or anything, but just because I think that these conversations are like they're like kind of fascinating. And I was like trying to, you know, like I was looking for the humanity in her because there is, you know, of course there's humanity, but also like the problem, I I hate that argument. Um, The way we treat homeless people in this society is fucking disgusting. But I think that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, so many people are like, oh, they're just drunks and this and that. And it's like, "Mm, okay, did you know that most homeless people actually have mental disabilities? Mm -hmm. And so like when you're putting these people out onto the street, like, yes, they're going to get into drugs, into this. And like, they're not, you know, they're not healthy. They're not capable of like, um, well, and then addiction just fuels the, the delusions right. and, and like, <clears throat> just, 
if you were on the street, of course you're going to find a new yeah. drugs, you know? And right. so you to find like, the, like a hot meal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, uh, and that, that just removes you even more from society. Of course. Because the difference between an addicted brain and a non-addicted brain is, 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 um, connection. What do you, oh, like human Connect, connection? Yeah, connection with the people around you and connection with you, with, with society. And but with, wait, wait, wait. So then wait. Can, so people just with connection with other people and, and a community. And so the only way out of addiction is to find a community. Oh, and so that's why 12 step programs are so beneficial for. Is because it introduces you to a community. Right. Which makes me wonder though. So like this woman, uh, she told me her name was Meg, uh, Meg from the kingdom. She. Would you think that somebody who was that far removed and, like, gone at that point, could she be, like, reintroduced to society? I think with rehabilitation, it's not going to be a quick turnaround. Right, but I, yeah. To an extent, I, yeah, I do. I really do think that there is, there's hope for everyone. And if if you are severely mentally ill, like, there are places for, but again, it's like, then right. you like, need to have money for, which is also so sad because it's right. like every single thing they just really are milking you. Right. Yeah. But like, but if they were put on, if they were diagnosed, if they, well, in downtown, they're turning that abandoned Sears building, the old Sears building into, um, a shelter, like a massive homeless shelter. Yeah. But there's going to be all these, um, I was reading about it, There's going to be all these um, restrictions, but it's just really sad because you go take a walk down Skid Row. You can like, this is just in downtown LA. You will literally walk by dead bodies in the street. And there's like just the streets are overrun oh God, with, with homeless people. It's I made a wrong turn down there one time and it was unforgettable. And it um, was a wrong turn indeed. And I was like, let me get down here. No, um, it was uh no, it was, That's it was hideous. where you were planning to move yesterday when you And I go, you know what, honk? Catch me on Skid Row. <laughs> I just I wonder though, like for a woman who is that far gone, how <clears throat> what their rehabilitation would look like and if they ever got there, what kind of person is she, you know, like who is in that person? Maybe she needs like, like and also she, I mean, she would need to be diet. She would need to go see numerous, because also here's the thing, doctors. it's not just mental stuff. These people also can develop, like uh, homeless people can develop like, you know, flesh eating viruses and shit right. from being around all that. I mean, we live in such a populated, there's millions of people here. There's so much filth. Right. And people are just walking around in that and like eating things out of the trash. Right. Like, bitch, I, I, and that can affect your your mental stability as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, when you're out on the streets long enough, and you're not just... being nourished properly. Yeah, yeah. they say That's that. So true. The, the the argument of like, well, some people just want to be out here. It's like living yeah, on the streets but with a little bit of like rehabilitation and reintroduction into into uh, just connection with other people. Not necessarily society, as in like spending money and earning money, but just just reintroduction reintroduction to personal relationships. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is the start of bringing somebody like that back down. To right. There was a YouTube video my brother showed me one time of this homeless. He'd been homeless for sixteen years, and someone was interviewing. I, I I'll try and find it, but um, someone had asked what the worst part of being homeless was. And he said being lonely. He was like, it's, really? not, he's like, it's not starving. It's not. And he's like, and believe me, there's like weeks at a time where you just are starved. And he was like, it's not starvation. It's not being cold. It's not the bathroom. It's not the dirt. He was like, it's people treating me like I don't exist or like, I'm just like, I'm less than nothing. Right. And he was like, cause you start to internalize that and you're like, Oh, I, I am right. worthless. I am nothing. Well then what about, I mean, I guess we kind of just talked about this, but like, you know, these homeless people are also in communities of other 
houseless, homeless people, like, is that not sufficient for like overcoming loneliness or is it because everybody is kind of, I think it can be, uh, means like it can, it can be a, a temporary filler in some right. cases, especially when some mm-hmm. people find like, a a strong attachment to one other person. Right. And I mean, you know, like I feel like something my mom always ingrained in me is she was like the people that you keep around me or the people that you keep around you speak volumes of you. So you always need to like be cognizant of who you hang around with. Mm-hmm. And so it's true. You know, I hang out with my fucking hog, hang out with Lee. Lee, I'm gonna get out your eyes. Okay, but so anyways, but I I think that when you are hanging out with people that um and not saying every homeless person does this, but just, you know, in the communities, there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of negativity, obviously there's mental illness and the drug use and and like to the such an, like an alarming level. How are you supposed to like, kind of like climb out of that when that is your community? You're right. It's like a cesspool. Yeah. Yeah. So just to bring it to a level that maybe more people can relate to, it would be like your only friend is like one is is like just a hater and is just negative, negative on everything yeah. and just like looks around as in jealous and hates everything they see and looks right. down and, and puts people down around them mm-hmm. and that's the only person that you communicate with and I think that there's a lot of people out there that are in that kind of relationship that their best friend and their only friend. And it could be circumstantial. Like it could be that they're in a place where there just isn't that many people around, but they're right. stuck in this loop of negativity. I think that that's a, 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 a relatable and, and, and something that people don't necessarily wouldn't necessarily think to be like, Oh, this is negatively affecting my life. Right. It's interesting too, that you say that this, uh, this guy said that like loneliness was the number one, like, worst factor of being homeless. Cause I feel like that's also really relatable on like, you know, a, a human level, like, you know, outside of being homeless, I think a lot of people can identify with feeling really lonely. And a lot of people start turning to <clears throat> drugs and alcohol right. when they do feel, it's like, I feel like that's when we engage in self-harm is when we feel like at a, a very, like at our low point. Yeah, that's true. Addictions yeah. in general, people turn toward compulsive behavior yeah. just to fill that loneliness oh, hole. Totally. And I mean, I, you know, we were kind of joking about it, but it is kind of true. My addiction is kind of sadness and, and, and feeling, and like and, it comes down to feeling alone and, and feeling alone. And that's literally what, like, yeah. like what the program that I'm in is like working on. Cause I, I right. immediately like it, like, Obviously, it didn't feel good to be sad and uh, like I love you more than anything. And so I, I didn't like being in a fight with you. Right. But the sick part of me, because it's familiar. Yes. It it did feel in like a, a sick, perverted way. It, it felt good to feel that sad. Because it validated your core feeling of feeling like rejected and alone. Of being like, yes. oh, good. Another person has exposed themselves to me as being like a a person that I, I can't have in my life. I, that I can't trust. And right. Like, so it validates your your internal yes. like your core loneliness. Mm-hmm. That's wild. That's and that's like when it breaks down to again like there's like you either like come from love or fear, mm-hmm. you know. And when you're in scarcity, you're in fear. And when you're in love, you're in compassion and blah blah blah. But a lot of us, yeah, I think the core is loneliness. And you're either in connection or addiction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. And then and again, like you can be addicted to feeling feeling sad, you know, being addicted to your own narrative, being like my mom is somebody who's, I mean, she's addicted to a lot of things, but she's absolutely addicted to like self-pity 
and um, her own sadness. Oh, yeah. It's hard to see that. And it's when, you know, as an adult now growing up, like looking back at like, that's what I like. That's the voice that I grew up with. It's like, oh, fuck. Like, that's that's a hard thing to like navigate as a child. It's hard. And especially, you know, and yeah, it, it is. It's really hard, especially like when that is your example Mm-hmm. Um, growing up for like mm-hmm. for self love and and so then like you grow up and then you have to kind of you it's so hard because like you know your brain creates these patterns right oh science alert and um and then you neuroscience have to, alert and PR that's right neurologist <laughs> okay but this goes to exactly what you're saying where it's like you're addicted to feeling that way because your example made you feel that way right yes. so then that yeah. puts you into this the space of being like oh it's validated once again because mm-hmm. what I grew up with told me that like that's that I'm unlovable and rejectable. I mean, speaking of growing, we were, I was talking to you about this pre-argument uh, yesterday, but I, um, I'm trying to like speak so I don't offend my family, but I still stay honest. But here we go. So I was, Sometimes. I was just with my, one of my really close friends, um, older brother, and we had like a really fun time over the weekend and I'm with her and her older brother and uh, her boyfriend. And like, it was like a really fun, wholesome weekend, but I had until this weekend, it's kind of embarrassing, but I had never been treated that nicely by a guy before. And he was just like her older brother, just like, just doing just regular things. Yeah. But, and like for, for my friend, it's just completely normal to her. But for me, I was like, it was like kind of almost making me uncomfortable because I wasn't used to, and I had to kind of like wrestle with that. I'm like, why am I feeling so anxious and tense and on edge? And it was just simply because he was just being as he fucking should be just really nice. And Which I just unfamiliar. It was so unfamiliar. Yeah. And like my friend and I, we like went for a walk. She's like, I can tell you feel anxious. What's wrong. And I kind of started talking to her and she was like, honey, she was like, no wonder you can't like, ex- uh, you know, experience this with people that you date because you're just, you don't even know what to experience. You don't. Right. Cause I've never had that before. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, it was, it, I'm, it was a really beautiful trip. I'm really happy. I went on it. Cause not only was it like, you know, just fun, but I also, Cause I always like talk about like wanting to raise my standards, but I truly didn't even like know how to, cause I didn't like, right. You, it's cause like, you don't know what you <clears throat> don't me. know. Yeah. That makes sense. Like when you're set a certain example, you, that's what you come to expect from people. And so when people like exceed that expectation, you're like caught off guard and you're like, this doesn't feel right. I don't understand this. Right. And because it doesn't feel right. You, your body is like, Oh, it's unfamiliar. It's bad. But yeah. it's like, no, it's, it just simply is that it's it, unfamiliar. Right. Right, and it's right, like, how, right. how can you raise your standards for yourself, for the people around, you know, for, mm-hmm. for your life? If you, if you don't even know what to look for. Right. You're like, well, I'm dating someone who doesn't hit me. And so I guess that's a step up. And it's right. like the bar, someone has said this, it's not like original, but the bar is in hell. The bar is in <laughs> hell. And a lot of us live in fucking hell. Cause a lot of us are raised in hell by hell. So mm-hmm. Um, okay, cute, love and light. So, okay, w- today we're doing addiction stories, like we said. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could get into art. Eh, you know what? Let's just get into other people's stories. Yeah. Uh, you started first last week, right? I think I did. Okay, so I'll go into this one. Okay, honky. Is that okay? Yeah. Here we go, guys. Count me in on a one and a two and a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Slaw bipolar friend and an ex and an ex-meth addict. Yeah, so we are cold reading these stories. We didn't have a lot of time this week, so usually... Uh, we proofread separately these emails, but this week we didn't. So we're raw dogging the emails. We're raw dogging the emails. We're going to be just as surprised as uh, you guys are with these. Okay. So, like I said, slob bipolar friend and an ex and an ex meth addict. Love it already. 
Um, put that on my epitaph. <laughs> okay, love you guys. This is a story that is happening right now. Love that even more. The three main characters are me, my ex, and my friend. We are all sex and love addicts. My friend and my ex have only been to a few slaw meetings, but I'm doing the full program, sponsor steps, etc. cetera. Uh, good for you. This shit's so hard. Um, uh, I'm halfway through step four. I was doing all right. Biggest hiccup in my recovery was I've gone back to adult education and there is an ex-meth addict in my class who keeps flirting with me and I'm a bit obsessed with him. He's hot. But I haven't tried to pursue him for obvious reasons. Slaw, bottom line, sobriety. We are in class together and his meth history, present recovery. Okay. Back to the main point of the story. My friend is bipolar, currently having a manic episode in the hospital. I once told her I wouldn't care if she fucked my ex. I was being honest. He broke up three years. He and I broke up three years ago and... I have no romantic feelings for him. So a few days ago, my friend messages me on Insta and starts telling me she is dating my ex, the friend that's bipolar and, and the... Okay. I'm in shock because when I said I wouldn't mind them hooking up, I didn't mean I'd be chill with them starting a relationship. He's one of my best friends and she has decided I'm the villain in this story and has been talking shit about me to all of her friends and my ex. I spoke to an ex... I spoke to my ex on the phone and he told me that she had told him all this stuff about my history, including details about my sex life in my most recent relationship. Also, the time her and I had a threesome and she liked the guy, but he dated me for a month after and how upset that made her. What the fuck? So basically, two years ago, I did date two people who my friend had hooked up with first. I don't know where the fuck I am in the store, but okay. I'm on acid. <laughs> she slept with them one or two times. She said she didn't care when I dated them. And now years later in her manic episode, she is saying she did care and is telling everyone, including my ex, about those situations, which I know, which I now know were making me, were me acting out in sex and love addiction. Okay. This is happening right at the time I'm more sober than I have ever been, and this is how my addiction has come back to bite me in the arse. My friend is not only dating my ex, but sharing my dirty laundry and breaking my slaw and, and anonymity. I fucking hate that word. It's been a head fuck, and I'm fucking sad. Addiction is fucked. Thanks for reading. Woo. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing your story. We started thank off you, I hear hot. That. I thank you. I hear that. Uh, time. Thank you. Um, that's a little AA lingo. 12-step lingo. Uh, Alan on your ass. I, I loved it. Yeah, he came in hot with the beginning, and then I got real lost with the fucking. He said, she said, the two so, boyfriends' exes. Okay, okay. So this yeah. is my understanding. Okay, and keep in mind, I am mentally ill. Okay, no. So the, from what I heard, okay. So they they're all addicts. She's in slaw, like like she's like fucking like pushing slaw, like hardcore. She's in slaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her 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 ex dude and this her ex friend like kind of dip their toes in. They said, mm, we're going to do each other instead of the program. I was like, okay. So they were both in the program. Ye yeah. Like they like went to a few meetings. At least she was. They went to a few meetings and they said, nah, and they're with each other. Now they're with each other. And then, and she was like, well, I said you could hook up with him. Number one, that's, you already lost me there, but uh, also, yeah. I mean, it's like, you, know, you can't, I get it. I get that. It's like a bummer that she's dating your ex now. But when you say, when you give her the pass, I mean, you know, 
No, that's bizarre. I. <sighs> hey, listen, wouldn't Not... love it if my friends started fucking uh, my exes. Yeah, no. Okay, I was going to ask your ex. I was like, wouldn't I don't know. Because I, 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 I'm not trying to be offensive. I just truly don't know about it. But I'm like, is it a sex addict thing that you just don't care if people are like fucking your... I, that's why I was like, Gabby, what is it? Like, but you're, even you're saying that you wouldn't like it. Well, I wouldn't like, I, I wouldn't like it, but I also, I think like with sex and love addicts, that logic, when you start fucking somebody goes out the door. So I personally wouldn't like that, but then I could also see myself being the friend that fucks the ex because it would just like. Okay. Because, because addiction logic overpowers, addiction. overpowers logic. Oh, addiction overpowers logic. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's cases. helping me understand because when I'm hearing this, I'm like, cannot compute. I do not understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Everybody's fucked up in this. Um, and I mean that in the most kind way. With Love and Light, that whole story from top to bottom was <laughs> But then you're also you're in uh, adult classes with a meth addict. So where does the meth addict come into play? Yeah, that had... I think that storyline just completely dropped oh, Okay, out. so that, she just likes a meth addict. That was just her her current situation of, <laughs> fight of struggling with her own sobriety. A girl with your own sobriety, don't get involved with a meth addict. You know that. Yeah, honey, okay. no, no, no. All right, well, honk, move but, on to the next one. Love and light, girl. That yeah, sucks. Love it, yeah, honestly, the takeaway is, thank you, I hear that love and light. Okay. Also, see if your bipolar friend is living in the kingdom because they're all onto something. What it sounds like is she doesn't know how to handle this friendship now because it's like she knows that that's going to be toxic and in the end and, and like... Okay, is she going to accept her friend back after they like, you know, big, like they like created this uh, whole. Like, it's giving situation. Cassie and Maddie and Nate Jacobs. It actually is. So I say hit up HBO for a check. I say dump the friends and the ex love and light. If that's if it's interfering with your piece, cut it out. That's all that there is. OK, like we said, we did not proofread these, but I just skimmed this one and I saw Candy Crush. So I'm going to read this one. Gorgeous. OK. First off, what the fuck? Hi. I can never listen to podcasts because I start to fall asleep. Then one day I found tea time and I love it. I can't listen to you guys while uh, when in public though, because then I start laughing and making facial expressions like the lady at the bus stop who talks to the air. Don't judge her. Lean in and start laughing. Yeah, um, she's yeah. having fun. Let, let's be a listen to all of you. We need to start being more confident. Why are we afraid to express joy in public? Hey. Start, start fucking laughing. Hey. Hey. She's right. Yeah. Honk your own fucking tits and start laughing. Yeah. Um. Speaking of drug addicts. Not me cleaning my ear with this. Okay. Yeah, that was... Into, I saw that and I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm glad you did. It's okay. And that's on calling out everything that <laughs> just, we... Just keep okay. on. Okay. And Lee is drooling. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Speaking, uh, <laughs> speaking of drug addicts. Before I got sober a couple years ago, I was really into Adderall and Candy Crush. Hmm. hmm. If I started playing that game while I was on it, then my whole day was going to be wasted. It would dead ass be like eight hours a day. Damn, bitch. Uh, it got to the That's point. Adderall. Yeah. It got to the point where going to the bathroom just seemed like a waste of time because making any sort of movement would fuck up my flow. That's when I started. Pe That's when I started peeing in cups. And then there's a tongue licking smiley emoji. LOL. I don't know why I thought that would, uh, I don't know why I thought that took less energy. My room was always full of bodily fluids when I was in active addiction. So I didn't really mind. Oh, I also don't recommend, uh, wait, I also don't recommend using a vibrator while on, uh, Adderall. Oh my God. No, Jesus. Um, I was a freshman in college and shared a room with my best friend. I gave no fucks that she was five feet away from me. I would buzz that thing away until I couldn't feel my legs anymore. Oh my God. And that's on. Z like the wall just like being numb see 
it is, this is fascinating to me because I, uh, my brain doesn't work like this. So, and I'm not judging. It's just, it's just fascinating. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I would buzz that thing away until I couldn't feel my legs anymore. I was like, I had to beat the record of how many times I could come in a row. (laughs) God, this is so fucking me. Now I'm realizing I should probably make amends to that roommate because she was very aware and annoyed. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Oh my God. That is, I felt like I I was watching myself tell my own story. Wow. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And again, like there's the thing about the, like when you're on Adderall, or like those stimulants, mm-hmm. it's just like you are so in it that you're like the outside world is like, okay, keep it moving. I don't get it. I'm in my fucking world. Jesus Christ. Not the room being full of bodily fluids. That mm-hmm. is, I was never like that. Were you? Uh, Yeah. Toward the end, actually, what got me sober was compulsive masturbating. Yeah. And, and and I would just like, I would lock myself in my apartment and and like there was one time it was like 36 hours. I feel like you say this every episode. You love talking about how you lock yourself in your room and just masturbate no, until no, you, no. until it, your dick is raw. We could be like, we could be like, nine eleven was the worst thing that happened to the country. And you could be like, country, country, country. Okay, so speaking of coming, <laughs> speaking of coming, <laughs> coming, masturbating. Every it's every episode. We'll Lee be like, opens oh my up. god, Sandy Hook was so sad. You're like, speaking of hooked, I was hooked on porn. I locked myself in my room for thirty. Every episode. <laughs> like, hey guys, uh, so we have a Patreon. Patreon, pay, pay. I used to pay. A porn. <laughs> I can't. You used to post on your Instagram. Um, I don't know if it was like a lot, but you you posted enough to lot. where I, I remembered it. Um, where you would lot. post like you were like driving to like San Diego or wherever, and you would have your vibrator in your lap. Was that your sex addiction? Um, and are you asking that like that me taking it with me a sex addiction or filming it? Uh, honestly, kind of both. Like, cause I think both kind of. I think you're getting high off of both, yes. right? No, I wasn't. I for those of you who didn't see these uh, stories that I regret posting, I wasn't Sorry. actively masturbating on my Instagram story, but I would have my little vibrator in my car, and I'd be like, "My best friend" or some shit like that, you know? Um, I'd be like, "Gonna enjoy the ride." Like, yeah, some shit like that. Uh, yeah, and I would say that that's a hundred percent sex and love addiction. When I got into program, I realized that a lot of the things that I do on my social media are for validation in like a, a, in a sexual way. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was definitely, that's something I wouldn't do now because I, I'm like more mature now, but also it's like, I don't need to be like overexposing myself and I already do so much, but like, I don't need to be overexposing myself like that online anymore because I don't need that. Like, I realize that that's just validation seeking And um, they say in Sex and Love Addiction that you sexualize stress and anxiety and, you know, all of, like, anger, fear. You sexualize all of it. And that's what I was doing a lot on my social media was sexualizing all of my, like, insecurities and being like, I'm fucked up, but at least I still have my fuck I can come or some shit. You know, I don't know. But Mm -hmm. I was—it's definitely a Sex and Love Addiction thing. And when I was in Slaw, my sponsor— had me get off of Instagram for a while and was like, you need to realize what you're posting for you and what you're posting to get other people to like validate you. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I mean, I still post for people to validate me, but I have more thought behind it now. Mm -hmm. My, uh, intention is different, I guess. I feel like you, yeah, you definitely post a lot, but it's not 
before when you used to post, it was like a reality show. It was like deranged. And I yeah. said it with love. No, yeah, I, I know. But it, it really was like, you would post like, w- like truly anything. Uh-huh. And now it definitely is like, I feel like it's more professional. It's about like, you'll post like a lot about like paintings, shows, like, you know, maybe like make fun of your dad's Facebook or whatever. But then yeah. it's, it's never like, yeah, I don't feel like your online presence is like sexual anymore. It's not really. It's, an, it's not like overly personal anymore. It's bits. It's bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I post more of bits now rather than like, yeah, being like overly personal. Uh, that's, you know, that's something to be proud of. That's, that's mm-hmm. you know. Because my my, my uh, online presence is still chaotic, but in a different way, I think now. It's it's not as like people don't have as much access to me. Mm-hmm. I still, but you know, I still like go into those moments where I feel like I overshare. But, you know, progress, not perfection. Anyway, let's get back to the story. Okay, Honky, it's your turn. Okay. Anyway, that's on sex and love addiction. And Candy Crush. Now, my question is, why Why did you have the vibrator in the car? Because I, I literally would masturbate while I drove. Really? Yeah. Don't. Hey, hey, hey men Lee. do it. And Gabby's all about shattering the glass ceiling. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, hey, I am. <laughs> Lee, we know what you did for 36 hours. And that's on another I'm episode of Tita. T- no, no you're not. So you're not even going to get the reference. Nobody's going to get the reference because I'm cutting Lee masturbated out. for 36 hours. Okay, Lee let's go on. masturbated for 36 hours in a locked, dark room. The room was wet and cold. The room was so even if you cut it, I have to hear that. Okay, let's go yeah. on. Um, addiction stories? Holy hell, where to start? I'll preface by saying a few things. Firstly, happy, maybe belated birthday by the time you read this to Harper. Yeah. We love a Pisces. Yeah, we do. And this household is a fan of y'all's comedy in general. Thank you. So thanks for doing it. Okay, addiction. I'm 27 now. I stopped drinking when I was 23 and three failed stints in rehab. Before I before I quit, I drink over a liter of hard alcohol a day. That just gave me, that made me nauseous. Pretty much living in a blackout, which people loved. No, people did not love this. Rather than give you one particular story, I'll just list a few of the unwell things I've done as a result of being an addict. And if y'all want me to elaborate on one, just holler back. Uh, I blew a 0.35 when I checked into rehab number one. Showing up shattered. (laughs) How are you not dead? I just, my reaction was dead because I truly just feel like I died after hearing that news. When when I got arrested, when I got a DUI, I remember my, uh, my, I blew a fucking like one point, point one five. 0.15. 0.15. Mine was 0.12. Those are high. Mm-hmm. 0.35. Jesus Christ, fucking comatose. Okay. And it was there where I saw my first tattooed penis done entirely in stick and poke prison. Oh, yeah. You, style. Yeah, you did. Prison style. Uh, yeah. That's a style of what? Like a style of tattoo. Yeah, I know that, Lee. A style that Lee would jerk off to for 36 stick, hours everybody in knows his what apartment. Stick and poke is Lee. Yeah, Lee. Look at my fucking body, hey, Lee. She has you a think neck I don't tattoo. Know a fucking stick and poke? I was poke? adding it to the email. I wasn't adding Lee. it to something that you said. No, I look, he was trying to know what, what a stick and poke, stick and poke is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lee's about to hit me in the head with a hammer. <laughs> okay, so it's done entirely in stick and poke in prison. I know Lee. what that is. Yeah, not everybody does, <laughs> Hey, guess what? Guess was, what? I don't care about you. I care about the audience. It's, I'm going to cut that and that's going to be canceling. So you don't care about us. Okay. Anyway, okay. Okay, moving on. Triggered. Eladon. Okay. Uh, it was. A, this is a chaotic episode, by the way. It was supposed <laughs> to be flames, but to me, it just looked like a dick covered in cobwebs. That's fucking, <laughs> that's horrific. That's horrific. I crashed my car drunk driving. 
and fled the scene of the accident straight to my house. When the cops caught up to me about three minutes later, my car was smoking in the driveway, but they couldn't legally give me a DUI, crafty, because you were at home. That's Mm. fucking crazy. So take notes, you guys. (laughs) Get home. Get home, yeah. No, that's so fucked. Well, because if you're out of the car by the time... You, yeah, that's wild. Holy shit. I was once so drunk as a passenger in my ex-girlfriend's PT Cruiser. Okay, good thing she's your ex. That I needed to pull her to the side of the road for me to throw up. And additionally, I needed her to come around and undo my seatbelt. But I was so unaware of my surroundings that when the buckle released, I fell out of the passenger passenger door and hit the pavement. I threw up and she drove us home. When we arrived, I turned for the first time so she could see the whole of my face. She sa- she gasped and said my head was bleeding. I said, I don't think that it is. <laughs> it was. Okay, you're fun. I'll jo- yeah, you are. All jokes <laughs> aside, I'm much happier since I quit drinking. I had a lot of success in 12-step programs despite their spiritual leanings and my lack of faith. Me too. I think there's a workable sober path for every addict, and it might look different for you than the sober people you know personally. I wish anybody well on their journey. P.S. Harper, if you ever want to fool around with a couple, my girlfriend has a huge crush on you, and we're both not ugly. Let's go. Let's go. So sweet. You just had us and then you lost us. <laughs> I'm also, not kidding. Why doesn't anybody want to have a threesome with me? <laughs> it, it literally is always Harper's the most beautiful. Harper, I love you. Gabby, go fuck yourself. Harper, I love you so much. No, because the last episode, everyone's like, oh my God, Gabby. Oh my God, you are just so funny and talented. And oh my God, you are so fucking perfect. No and oh my that. God, Gabby, you're so no perfect. And then they're like, hey, hog. And I'm like, oh, okay. Hey, hog, you want to come fuck me and my girlfriend? Hey, big titty hog. Anyway, <laughs> Gabby, you are just so funny and perfect and and just sweet. And oh my no, God, your hair literally... is so cool. And oh my God. And hey, Harper. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> literally always oh, sorry, Lee. You. How are your ears? <laughs> Oh my God. I did really like your story though. Here's the thing. I was getting so emotional and then, and then you got, even and then you had emotional. to say that and then I just came and then it just, there know. it is. But anyways, um, hit me up. Okay. There. Yeah, hit her up. All right, honk your turn. Okay. I'm going to have a fucking, the image of the spider web stick and poke dick in me forever. I might have to draw it. Hey girls, love the podcast. You girls are so funny. I would love to be in the U S to attend one of your standups. Dark humor is the best humor. I'm writing all of, uh, I'm writing all the way from Spain. When I heard the theme, I thought my story should definitely be read, even though it's a little more tragic than it is hilarious. But you guys will eventually make it fun. Okay. I like that. From ages 17 to 20, I used to smoke pot all day, every day. I have an addictive personality and I got hooked immediately. I had to stop because I started having anxiety attacks when I got high. I was very paranoid. You know, it stopped being fun. At 21, I tried Molly for the first time at a techno festival and knew I was in trouble. I absolutely loved it. I spent the whole summer partying with my friends and getting high. By the end of the summer, things started to get weird. I started having trouble swallowing my food and thought nothing of it. Weeks passed and it just got worse. I started losing mobility of my throat, couldn't eat or drink properly, and started losing the ability to speak. When I thought things couldn't get worse, they absolutely did. I lost mobility of my face. What? Couldn't smile, raise my eyebrows, move my tongue. Started losing mobility of my hands and arms and upper body in general. Got very hard to move. It was horrifying and scared the shit out of me. By this point, I wasn't able to speak at all. 
which was definitely the worst part, not being able to, uh, to communicate. With the help of my mom, since I couldn't speak, I went to many doctors, neurologists, therapists, had an MRI to see what was going on with my brain. Nothing showed up. Uh, no one knew shit. Finally, a psychiatrist convinced me this was anxiety, gave me medication, and only fucked me up even more. No. I tried everything. Anxiety meds, depression meds, neuropathy. I went to a psychic to break the black magic spell I supposedly had. To this day, I don't know if I was ripped off, but it didn't work, so I guess maybe. A year of this torture later, finally, I see a quantic physics doctor who plugs me onto a machine where he sees that my brain is intoxicated with amphetamines, detoxes me, and I slowly get back to normal. I get my mobility back and my speech back. If it weren't for that, uh, for that last doctor, I might not be alive right now. I actually thought I was dying, lost all hope, and even the thought of ending it all myself when oh my no God. one knew what was wrong with me. Wow. I know now I will never do any sort of drugs ever again. Uh now that I see what happened in a distant way, I, I can say that I'm actually glad life did this to me. I would be deep into drug, uh, drug culture now if it weren't for this. Once I returned to normal life, I was very scared to see that the friends I started doing drugs with are now on another level. Coke, ketamine, MDA, all sorts of drugs you can name, almost on the daily. I had to break up with them. I'm actually very sad for them and hope they find peace. Mm. Kids, don't do drugs. By the way, very proud of you, Gabby, for staying sober. Hope you guys are happy and achieve, achieve everything you put your mind to. Hugs from Barcelona. Whoa. Wait, so that <sighs> happened from one thing of Molly? No, um, no, 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 no. Me. Yeah, a time of use. From oh, it, 17 to 20, oh, 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 she oh. smoked pot every single day, all day, every single day. Uh, I had to stop because I was getting anxiety attacks when I got high. I got very okay. paranoid. La, la, la. At 21, I tried Molly for the first time at a techno festival, and I knew I was in trouble. I absolutely loved it. I spent the whole summer partying with friends and getting high by the end of summer. Okay, okay. so for three months, she yes, yeah, so she basically did what I did in beginning of March 2020. I was quarantine. doing Molly all the time. All the time. By the way, worst come down ever. Not even like talking about like the day after, but after you do like a lot of Molly, mm -hmm. that is the worst I've ever felt in my life. I would never wish that on even my worst enemy. I mean, I feel like she's lucky to be alive. Like she yeah. could have just lost everything if she didn't, uh, if this doctor didn't detox her. That's crazy. And it's, cr so she then like was for a year trying to figure out what was wrong with her brain. She's going to multiple doctors. And not doing drugs anymore. No, no. She stopped. Uh, yeah, that's from, from what it looks like. Yeah, she stopped doing drugs and... um also, I, I, obviously, there's many parts that are far more alarming in your story, and I'm so happy you're okay. Um, but I feel like I hear this all the time, and I always get shit on for this, but you fucking can be addicted to smoking weed. I'm so fucking tired of everyone. 100%. In the, I, am, I am so, I, I have fucking had it with people telling me that, oh, you can't be addicted to it. Yes, you literally, fucking can. Literally, one of can. my friends called me the other day, and he's like, I literally think I'm addicted to smoking weed, and I'm really embarrassed. Yeah, you can. Anything that like becomes yes. a dependency, like something you can't really live without. And it's always the people that smoke, like they like, you know, oh, well, I just, I just wake up and I just got to have it here, here, here. It's like the people that are like, that smoke it. Yeah. All day, every day that are always like, I'm not addicted. I'm just fun. I'm like, no, you're in, you know, you're in, in addiction. When you make it a ritual, when you're like, yeah. oh, I can't do this until I do this. God, I dated someone and, you know, love and light to him. But yeah, he, uh. That was the last guy I did. But yeah, he was just like, well, I can't write unless I have a glass of wine at 10 a.m. And, and smoke. And then, well, you know, the smoking calls me down. So then I have to do this. And then I have to have a glass of wine to like bring me back up. And then da -da 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 -da. And I was like, honey. Yeah. You know what's what's hard about addiction, though? What? I mean, <laughs> as I speak to you. <laughs> do you guys get it? Do you guys know? Well, it's that like 
any other disease, you can be, you go to a doctor and you get diagnosed, but yeah. like this, you have to diagnose yourself and like other people it's like diagnosed. Yeah. But people also really don't understand that. And people like, that is the whole thing about, uh, drug and alcohol addiction is people are like, just don't do it. Be stronger. You're weak. You're weak minded. Da, da, da. And it's like, you don't understand how, like, it's just, it's just not how it is. It's not, it's not really a willpower thing. It's not that like, oh, it's a disease. It's it a mental disease. disease the same way that, you know, bipolar disorder is. It's just unfortunately. And you're not just, you know, it's people. I think a lot more people are addicts than they even know that they are. Whether it is like drugs or alcohol, like there's people, there's food, there's rituals. There's, you know, you would be addicted to working out. La, 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 la. Che okay. Checking your ex's Instagram. Addiction. You know, like that is an addiction. You are getting a rush of dopamine from checking that. Yeah. Stop. Like your, your phone, like I'm hooked yeah, 100%. on my phone. Oh my god! I mean, I'm nine hours a day on my phone. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Damn, y'all. Uh, well, okay, well, you can turn it to grayscale. I did it. I lasted 15 minutes on gray, uh, grayscale last night because I definitely I have that shit too. And then I, I was like, you know, grayscale's horrific. It, it makes you yeah. Not, what is it? It just turns your phone completely black and white, so there's you don't get any like. Oh, of the um, stimulant. Yeah, you, you're not stimulated yeah. from like all the colors, but then it. You know, obviously I'm like, mm, okay, I need my colors. And then I try to turn it back on. And now I don't know how to make my phone. It's like extremely vibrant now. Good. Now you can throw I'm it like, away. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> um, but back, back to her, overdose. her story. Um, it's crazy story. that it's crazy that also that like your doctor found that it was your brain was like well, overfilled with amphetamines. Because she went to a, um, I don't want to butcher it, it. It was a special type of doctor because she went to multiple doctors and then got, um, anxiety medicine which was making it worse that's so fucking goddamn crazy that you couldn't speak and like so what you had been like what in like a wheelchair can't walk i was thought like she's paralyzed I, yeah paralyzed well yeah, i thought it was, it was like, her arm i guess it was her, her arms i thought it was oh, her really? i thought it was her legs too oh really mm -hmm. no it was like know. everything she it was almost like having a stroke like just like every like she couldn't move from and, overuse of molly it sounds like it like broke something it like broke a connection yeah. that like had to be like rehabilitated wow. Oh God, our brains are also different and fragile. Also, just so we can move on. That's the sp <laughs> that's the spider web dick. That's the spider web dick. You did that really quick. Yeah, that's you did that really quick, and it looks really post. good. It does look really good. That's a stick and poke, stick and post, stick and poke dick. It looks really I, good. I think I'm gonna get it done. On what? As a tattoo or on your dick? On my dick. Gorgeous. I I really love that. Okay, this one's long. Okay. So again, haven't proofread. I don't know what's about to happen. I just want to preface this email by stating that you guys read my virginity story last week, and I was super honored to hear it this morning on the podcast. Aw. And I had in no way intentionally, and I in no way intentionally want to be greedy, so I don't expect you guys to read this. Well, we're already doing it. But since you're filming a little early this week, perhaps you might make the cut. Oh, here it goes. So I've struggled with addiction and my and stuff my whole life, but I really just want to speak on my alcoholism and the pandemic because that is when a lot of things surfaced. Prior to 2020, I was I was just a new mom trying to convince my baby daddy to get hitched and creating a beautiful little home together. And my partner doesn't drink. Home together. My partner doesn't drink. He got a DUI several years ago and is very much proud of his sobriety. I would have an occasional cocktail if I were at a wedding or a bridal shower or something. But other than that, there was never booze in the house. And it wasn't something I prioritized on a daily, weekly, or even monthly basis. However, during the beginning of the pandemic, when everyone was sending the stupid Instagrams, when everyone was sending the stupid Instagram stories where they would tag you, tag you going, see a sip, take a sip. God, remember that? Mm -hmm. 
when everybody was taking shots and tagging people. Yes. Oh God. There was like so many like challenges. It's oh like, my God. let's numb this early quarantine. What a time. Oh God. It fuck. That's so crazy. Uh, it literally got me so excited and I didn't have any alcohol. And I remember going to target with my homemade mask because I literally had no idea how serious this whole thing was or how long it would last. And I got two bottles of wine and it lasted me about a week. I just really wanted something legitimate to toast people with via Instagram. Via Instagram, Then things got more intense, and by the end of April, we were fully locked down and depressed, and I was watching this girl's live DJ set every night while I would sip rosé on my toilet in my bathroom, and it was really depressing because I knew basically everyone else was doing the same thing. <sighs> Did fucking... The pandemic sparked so much addiction. Um, okay, so as things started to open back up and people started to enjoy the last part of 2020, I had so many valid reasons to go out and everybody seemed to be on the same wavelength in terms of partying. So I passed as being a completely normal drinker. I started drinking White Claw in spite of the fact that I was making fun of people drinking White Claw because it was so trendy, but so damn delicious. I never had White Claw. I got sober and then I've never had it. You're not missing out on anything. Okay. At first, White White Claw... And wine was enough, but it's crazy how quickly my tolerance built up and how I was soon getting little mini bottles of Jose Cuervo from the five-star market down the street from my house. I would literally walk my toddler there in his stroller and make a fun trip out of it. And it became my favorite thing. I would drink three-fourths of a can and then fill the rest with silver tequila and sip it like it was just a can of White Claw. Anyway, my dad died at the very end of 2020. Anyway... And as you can imagine, that really sent me into a spiral and I started drinking every night and pissing myself because I was, I would be smoking cigarettes in the garage and not managed to get to the bathroom in time. It was so embarrassing because I'm a mom and here I am acting like some frat boy. I feel like a broken record because I just mentioned this recently to you guys, but basically a friend came into town from New York and he told me, and he took me to a stand-up show where Gabby was performing. She had a few mentions about sobriety in her act and we went out for drinks after, obviously Gabby wasn't drinking and there was another girl who was there who was also sober and I was literally hiccuping and trying so hard to not sound like a complete drunken fool. Ha 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 ha. I hard, I actually hardly said anything that night because my hiccups are so bad. At the end of the night, I got home and I started developing a major migraine, which led to the next morning. And basically the entire day I was walking on like a zombie because my head was throbbing. And I knew right then and there that I had to detox because my body was in so much pain from being poisoned. Felt like it was just perfect timing as the universe tends to do. Ha 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 ha. After meeting Gabby and then starting to follow her on Instagram and watching all of her awesome TikToks and stuff... Along with chatting with her with some other sober friends of mine, I got really inspired and empowered, and I'm really proud to say that I haven't had a drink since the end of September. Hey, what up, girl? We fucking love to hear that. That Um, is so fucking sweet. That is really sweet. Honky, look it. Cool. Love, thanks, girl. Um, I'm trying to remember who else was there that was sober. Where was this? It was the night that I had Laugh Factory in San Diego. Okay. Who else the fuck was I there with? Whatever. Anyway, um, that's really good to hear. Glad to hear that you were inspired by that, sweetie. Um, that's really sweet. Did you hear my stomach just now? I thought that was mine. I, I thought that was somebody outside. Nope. That was my stomach going. <laughs> um, yeah. Crazy how alcoholism kind of creeps up on you in those little ways. Mm-hmm. And everybody at the beginning of the pandemic just went fucking. We well, so all we went off. We didn't know how long it was going to fucking last. Like, 
That's gnarly that you got sober, like, right. I got sober literally, like, a month before the fucking pandemic, and everybody was just, like, getting wasted at home, like, having fun, I guess, but also being scared. Remember that whole—we were all just like, all right, fuck it. Guess I'll drink all day and fucking— Guess I'll drink all day. God, I I was doing acid and Molly every single week and drinking—and drinking every single day, and I was just kind of like, eh, it doesn't matter. It's like summer. Eh, what are we doing? Like, Yeah. And then all of a sudden, months and months go by, and then you're like, huh. God, I remember, like, fuck, dude. Yeah, I was so recently sober, and then I was, like, texting—I texted my ex, who hates me, and I was like— I know that things are really weird in the world right now, but I just want to say, like, I hope you're well. And and I da, 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 da. and then he never wrote me back. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll go fuck myself because the world is ending. Mm. And that was it. And then and I dated my... and then I dated your ex's best friend. And yes. then he dumped me over text. <laughs> funny, how it all, funny how it all works. So I can't believe that happened. <laughs> all right. On to the next one, honk. On to Congrats on your sobriety. Congrats on sobriety. Honey. That's really fucking sweet. Hey, girly. Hope y'all have or hope y'all have had a honking great week. It's been we a week. Have been kind of going through it. Uh, so I'll keep this short and simple because there's not much to it. I'm 23 and I've been using uppers in various forms since my teen years, and especially since about 19. I started dating my current fiance, fiance, okay, girl, my current fiance about three and a half years ago, four years in May, and he has a prescription for a type of Adderall that you can crush up and snort. Well, we stopped buying blow because our dealer was trying to hook up with me and got awkward about the whole situation when he realized I was taken and stopped answering us. So instead, we'd crush up the Addy and snort that. It's hilarious because I have ADHD anyway, but my parents suck, so I never got treated for it. So now that I'm older, it kind of helps me, but I can't drive on it because I get hyper-focused and try to correct every little thing while driving, and it makes it dangerous to be in a car. This is a problem seeing as how I drive for a living, so a couple weekends every month, I indulge in a little fun. I realized I have a wee problem, um, or a wee little addiction when I would cancel plans just to stay home and do drugs instead, but uh, since I'm limited to weekends only. Bit of context for how I cope and live with this prob. Uh, my bio, uh, my biological dad is a homeless drug addict, has oh. been all my life. So I always told myself that I would never do drugs because I didn't want to be like him. Well, come on now. What mentally unstable person is ever able to completely cope with life without some kind of substance assistance? So I always limit myself and cut myself off to keep, my, uh, keep in my lane when it comes to using. Anyway, yeah, I'm a functioning alcoholic outside of a script time and i've been a functioning addict for about three years now also lol sorry this isn't as short and sweet as i intended love you two honks i actually really enjoyed that story i did too uh it's funny because like now i realized that this episode maybe isn't super funny and sounds more of like uh, a 12-step meeting because this is basically what you do in meetings you just share your stories yeah i kind of knew it wasn't going to be funny but i'm okay with that because here's the I thing great. we yeah. pop our fucking pussies for y'all every fucking week yeah, so we sometimes do. the bitches need to take a fucking little haha break Man. and just read our fucking little stories hearing hearing the stories about the we've had actually like a lot of uh like kind of amphetamine ones today mm-hmm. yeah it's a lot of a lot of a lot of up a doodle doozers so adderall so adderall was kind of your thing um i never yes but i never i never crushed it up or anything i just so i was prescribed adderall in high school and i would take it daily i was like i didn't realize like you know it was a 
thing. Like, I didn't realize it was like a fun thing. It was just like, oh, I got prescribed this because I can't fucking sit still or get anything done. And I fail all of my classes. And so I got prescribed Adderall and I uh, took it for a few years, realized it was really intense and would make me like, you know, like not functional in like social settings. Whereas like, you know, you can really like, I love her thing of like driving, but like, not being able to drive because she's so hyper focused. You can't drive. I've noticed that it. with a lot of things when I take stimulants is uh yeah, you can't do certain things because you're so like have a fucking conversation in a lot of ways because you're so hyper focused on like getting to like the part of one thing. Um and it's interesting to hear these stories about amphetamine use because that shit is fucking super addictive. I then I was prescribed Vyvanse, which I liked more because it's like a time release and not like Adderall gives you like the up and then the crash. I was never on Adderall, but yeah, I was telling you earlier, I was on Vyvanse in high school mm-hmm. and it gave me the worst relationship with food and yeah. just kind of the worst relationship with myself. It was, yeah. I I felt like a shell and like, yeah, I was focused, but I was so depressed. So then I just didn't tell my parents I stopped taking it and then I just started selling it. Yeah. God, and that's people, people want that youth. It's uh, yeah, it's a crazy drug. It's and I like I have been trying to get my I've been trying to get my psychiatrist to prescribe it to me because I am selling a lot of art now and like working on a lot of art. And it's really difficult for me to sit down and get anything done, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I've been asking my psychiatrist to prescribe it to me and she's like, I can't I don't feel comfortable doing that, given your history of uh, addiction. Um. And I was like kind of begging her and I'm like, like, come on, like I, you can monitor my use because I don't take it daily. You know, I'll take it like when I need to get work done. And she's like, I'm going to have to like probably refer you to an ADHD specialist because I just morally like don't feel right doing that. So I'm like in a, but then I hear these stories and I also super relate to like, yeah, I understand like the addiction to these Mm -hmm. uppers. Cause they're fucking good. I mean, this. Is, I mean, it's legal fucking meth. It is legal meth. When I was uh, when I was in DUI classes, they made us fucking watch all these documentaries, and one of the documentaries was just about Adderall, and the guy that created Adderall, and it's just, and it was like about how it was like this revolutionary drug, but then this guy just like ended up figuring out that he was just on meth, like this, you know, scientist, mm-hmm. and uh, it was funny in the documentary. Everybody. <laughs> who had been like these pro athletes that had been addicted to it. Nobody really said anything bad about it. They were just like, yeah, man, it just kind of, yeah, it was just really intense for a couple of years. And, uh, it was kind of dead emotionally. And now That's I'm what off. It it just, yeah. It's, it's, it's numbing. You like, you're like a worker bee. You're just like, okay. Okay. Yeah. But even worker bees. I was on it for years too. And what yeah. was your relationship I was with it? Really? Adderall? Yeah. I was prescribed in high school. I was prescribed 40 milligrams a day. Wow. Yeah. And I was, and I was prescribed, it was, I was, it was 10 milligrams to get out the door because I literally couldn't leave for school. So I had to take an instant to, to get to school and then a 30 milligram XR uh, to get me through the day. And yeah, I, I took it, I took it for a couple of years and I mean, it was crazy. And then I stopped or I, I kind of took it on and off in high school. And then 
And then I just sold it in college. Yeah, because you get to a point where you're like, man, I this is too intense. It, for me now. it takes a fucking attacks. toll on you. It started giving me panic attacks. And when when I was in school, so I went to school for audio engineering, and I would do uh, mixing, and I would and uh, my pro- so my projects in school would be like mixing music. And when my and I started to notice that when my mixes were almost done, and I started to get things level in reality, it would give me a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was really weird. Where like, okay, like what it, when I'm, it was super hyper focused until I got to the end, and then the end would spin me out. Wow. Yeah, and and so then I like stopped taking it, but that's when I started picking up with um with uh, hallucinogens and and that mm. whole train. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about like prescribing it to um children to children because even if you're in high school you aren't a child um is instead of like you know bullying our brains to like fit a certain system i'm gonna sound hippie-ish here but i'm like i feel like we should be changing the system to work with different styled brains 100 100 percent. i mean it's it's heartbreaking because like so many people that's like that that is your first kind of taste getting hooked on something you're, you're mm-hmm. getting hooked on you're poisoning especially i think it is i think it's abusive to prescribe it to to like five-year-olds my mom fought 100%. it for a long time they re- they tried to prescribe it to me as a child no and she she was like no 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 until i was uh in high school and I was a teenager. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't give kids Adderall. It's so fucked. But yeah, no, like what you said, we need to be changing the systems in which um, we like the edu- We need to be re- like redoing the education, the education system. system. I mean, you should learn. I mean, I don't know if this is too progressive, but I think, okay, so I grew up in the South. I grew up in North Carolina and our health classes were a fucking joke. Yeah, it, I think sure. I think almost anywhere it is. But like, it, even though like religion is supposed to be kept out of schools, it fucking wasn't. Yeah. And um, my family wasn't religious. I talked about this on the last episode, but like I had religious trauma from that and blah, blah, blah. But I also, I feel like we should learn about addiction. You were saying this the other day that like they should teach 12 steps in um in school because it's it, like it's just and, like mm-hmm. this is gabby's words but it was just really good um it's good life advice it's it's good it's good tools to use um just like you know like in our little argument that we got into it's like we yeah. i think both of us kind of actually used certain parts of the 12 steps uh-huh. to to uh you know to come back to being sweet little honkies yeah i think that i think that you would have to sound like an idiot right at the end of that no, but. You didn't honk. <laughs> uh, I, I think that this like the education system would benefit so much from implementing like a 12-step program i think that they should put more of an emphasis on like psychology human behavior uh, serving better food also like yeah you're eating like nutrition whole milk and like a slab of uncooked bread with some like like yeah unmelted milk yeah, loading these kids up with fucking like you who's and Bitch, we would be lucky if we had a yoo Yeah, yeah no. sugar, sugar. Yeah. Even carbs is sugar in your body. It's yeah, like it, you're just loading these kids up on, on sugar and stimulants. It's fucking mm-hmm. it's crazy. so crazy. And then it's like sit still. Yeah, sit still. And yeah. that is a form of child abuse as well because you're setting the child up yeah. to fail, and then you're getting. And also, a lot of these teachers have fucking anger issues, and then you're just like berating the children. And, and mm-hmm. also, because we like to think of our childhood. Sorry. <laughs> really tapping into my scientist mode. Um, but we really love to think of our childhood as like a separate part of our lives and like, oh, well, that happened yeah. during that period. And now this is, you know, but it, it's all connected. Yeah, it is all connected for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the education system needs to be fucking completely redone. I think, yeah, we just try to band-aid over kids by prescribing them stimulants and 
I don't know. It's like, it's all fucking like. Oh, and then you don't pay these fucking people who are supposed to have patience. It's like when, yeah. you, when you don't make money at work, you don't have patience for that exactly. fucking job. Exactly. Like, yeah. How many of us have worked a minimum wage and just not given a fuck? Yeah, and then it's like enough. instead you have uh, the public schools in this country. It's something else. I'll it say is that. something else. I just, my mom's a teacher in a public school, actually. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. I mean, public right. school, it's fun. I'm not going to lie. I've, hey, seen, I've seen some fucking things one time a kid got mad fights. and he emptied out a whole thing of crickets in the hallway and this we had fucking crickets you know it was kind of giving joy yeah we but crickets too i, yeah, I have so much answer. cricket trauma that's I, so funny don't fucking talk to me about crickets not but, cricket trauma um uh yeah. i know we need to wrap this up but i do have one quick thing to read it's the uh, we're gonna read your story on patreon girl so sorry um so get the five dollars out uh, no i'm just kidding but um but also okay but um she wrote a really long story i can tell it's really good but at the very uh the very end gabby she said, Harper, you are sweet, hilarious, and beautiful. And Gabby, your jokes are the best. Harper, you are sweet, hilarious, and beautiful. And Gabby, your jokes are the best. Okay, so you do think I'm ugly? <laughs> Well, me. there's two comedians on this podcast, so thank you. Uh, li- lips looking hella juicy and love the tats. Gorgeous. Thanks for the laughs. Keep that shit up. Love you, queens. Thanks, mm. girl. Yeah, thanks, girl. <laughs> so I feel like, are we wrapping this episode? Yeah. yeah. I feel like, sorry, guys. I feel like I didn't give it my best today. I felt kind of dark. I don't know why. Here's I- the thing. We started off... This when this is when the honks were in the honk headquarters. We started off with some tears. We did. We we had a rough be- night and a rough beginning to the day. I walked into what's that coffee shop called? La Colombe. Yes. Crying. She did. And also just a <laughs> yeah. I guess addiction story. Also the fact that we didn't like proofread these before we got into them. I don't but know. here's the thing. It's like I thought it was fine. Really? I think you're being hard on yourself. I think you're being okay. hard because yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. That's my addictive fucking brain it's, telling me that I'm a piece of shit. No, honky, you're not okay. Here's the thing. It's like yeah, we weren't like fucking goofing off. No one wrote in with bulimia so there was nothing to like make fun there of today fun so of. <laughs> just yeah, and all of this really hits home with all of us and mm-hmm. i it think does. that uh the people that listen to the show um relate to us in that way because so, yeah. here's the thing everyone in their fucking life has been affected by some either with their own addiction or with someone mm-hmm. who Wait, what am I trying to say? Yeah, either, either everyone in the, the you know, in the fucking world either has addiction or has been affected by someone with addiction. Absolutely. And so I think it's, you know. Whether you recognize it or not. Right. Uh, addiction is a fucking, it's a, it's a demon, it's a bitch. And I don't know. I feel like. I mean, even though this, uh, this episode wasn't super goofy, I think that. That's I don't just, think we need to be goofy every episode. I don't think, I think we do. Great. I don't think I we think need to be fucking fun. honking our fucking clown nose. I think it was fun and funny and and a good listen. And also, I think it was tender. Yeah. All right. Well, and fuck if you don't me. fucking like our podcast, then go hit up my ex because you guys have a lot in common. Well, fuck me. Fight me for saying that it wasn't. Wait, Honk, he has, he has a little cat toy. He's trying yes. to get your atten- attention. <laughs> okay. So as you guys learned today, Lee did masturbate for 36 hours locked in a room. Yes. Um, if you like that, just let alone that. It's cut. Be, okay. It's not because I will splice it back in we on will my keep own. saying it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's actually, I'm going to cut you. So fuck off. Um, then, and now Lee is the new enemy and that's on Gabby and I'm making up. Um, then do not ever talk to me again and uh, <laughs> and I am gouging out Lee's eyes as I'm speaking um, just uh, tell a friend tell your sponsor you know what bring up this podcast in a fucking meeting go to a meeting yeah bring it up in a meeting uh, also forgot to mention that I am I would say addicted to uh, filler and tattoos that's a thing 
You get I, addicted to body modification. Well, it's fucking working for you, sweetie. Um, I am addicted to crying and that's about it. So got to really work on that one. Um, but also that's why my skin is always so shiny because I'm always crying. That's true. Uh, tell a friend, subscribe on Patreon and that's it. Uh, send us your emails. You can email us at teatimestories42069 at gmail.com. Yeah, please email us there. And Gabby and I will be at the Yard Theater uh, April 2nd at 9.30 p.m. Yeah, that's over here in L.A. And I will also be at Treasure Island, whatever, with Felipe Esparza this month, I think on the 18th. And then the 25th through the 27th, you're going to be in Texas. 24th through the 26th, I will be in Houston, (laughs) the Houston Improv. Because I was going to have my birthday party then, and then I have to do it the weekend after because my little hunky is going to be out of town. And, and if my and hunky's on my come birthday, fuck myself. Honk show um, at the Yard Theater in LA. Yeah, yeah, April second. And Lee hates our stand up, so he will not be at any he of our shows. Love and light at the shows. And that is actually correct. Come murder me there. And okay. thank you. Good night.